Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. We bless your name. We give you praise. We give you honor. We adore you. Thank you for today. Thank you for such a beautiful time as this. Thank you for what you are doing in our generation. Thank you for the youth that are rising. Thank you for this ministry, the School of the Spirit. Oh Lord, we ask that as we have gathered here to fellowship, to commune with your presence, we ask that may you speak to us. Oh Lord, may we download your word in the spirit. That which you have for us, may we receive it. May nothing and no one prevent us from receiving that which you have purpose in your heart for us. I pray for your presence. I pray for your love. I pray for your great grace. And I pray, oh Lord, that may we receive this word with understanding, with revelation, and may we be empowered. Oh Lord, put treasures in this message for each and every one of us. We pray, oh Lord, that may you speak to us individually and together. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Today's message is, to me, how it came was something. (laughs) You know, it's not something that I was expecting at all. And but then God told me that his people need to know. His people need to know. So, by God's grace, I'm here as a voice. I'm here as a vessel. That God will use, you know, through me, he will speak to, to, to us. Me inclusive. So, God told me that, you know, the saints are equipped for ministry. That was the very phrase I heard. The saints of God are equipped for ministry. And... I believe that we've had, you know, an, a guest come and talk on this when we're dealing with the foundational doctrines of Christ and we went on to maturity. We we had a guest come and speak on these things that the saints, the saints are prepared for ministry. In recent times, all we hear is that when somebody even hears the word ministry, then all we see is the pulpit or we see the pastor or we you know we see someone who is you know a kingdom financier like that that is all we see when someone mentions ministry but what does god see what is god trying to say what is the revelation behind it what haven't we gotten that we need to know and i believe that is why we are here today ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 to 13 so christ himself gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the pastors the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of god and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of christ hallelujah Today, my message is entitled Ministry. 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 It says here to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So, the people are the ones supposed to do ministry. The saints, the congregants, they are the ones supposed to do ministry. They are the ones who, the, the apostles, the prophets the evangelists the pastors they just equip the body and the body will do their ministry 
It says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So the apostle, the fivefold ministry, equips the saints for the work of the ministry. And, and, and in doing that, they edify the body of Christ. So they edify the body of Christ. They equip them for ministry. So let's go deeper. What is ministry? We've heard of it. That's all we hear. Ministry, ministry. What is ministry? If you look into the deep meaning of ministry, in the Greek, it's daikona. Daikona, which means service, ministering, especially of those who execute the commands of others. Other versions of the Bible say for the works of service. God gave gifts to help God's people to serve him well. Hallelujah. So literally, the body of Christ is being equipped by the fivefold ministry to do works of service or to serve God well. So the body of Christ is you. You are the church. You are the body of Christ. So God has given you the fivefold ministry. Every day you go to church, sometimes you encounter prophets, they prophesy over your life. You encounter evangelists. You know, the fivefold ministry that God has given you has it's, it's, it's been what they are doing in you is that they are equipping you for works of service. There is a job that you have to do, there is a service that you have to do. That is why God has brought these people to equip you. It's not to be a good Christian, it's not to look righteous but it's to equip you for something that is how come christianity cannot be a sunday thing you only come to god when you need something and you live your life no god is training you god has brought the people to equip you so that you will live for him you do a service that he has ordained before time for you to do hallelujah so the fivefold ministry is equipping us to serve well to serve God well, to do works of service that God has ordained for us to do. The body of Christ has been taxed with doing the work of ministering towards building up Christ's body. So let's go back to the verse. It says, Ephesians 4 verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Mm. So, once the saints are equipped then the body of christ is edified wow so once the saints are equipped and they do that which god has called them to do sorry once the saints are equipped and they do that which god has called them to do they do their god-ordained purpose they do their god-ordained service that is how the church or the body of christ is edified so the body of Christ is not really edified when we receive the edification and we don't do anything about it. We come here every Saturday, we pray, school of the spirit. Why? Because we are being edified for something, to serve God well, to do a purpose that God has purposed us to do. And when we do that, then the church is edified. So the body of Christ has been taxed with doing the work of ministering towards building up Christ's body, the church. So when we utilize that equipment that we've gotten from the fivefold ministry into works of service, that is how come the church is edified. So you can go into a church 
every Sunday they come, they pay their tithes, they pray, they are being equipped so much, but they are not doing anything, they are not being fruitful, they are just living their lives, they are not doing any service, so you go to the church and there is no fire, why? Because the church, the body is not, you know, the church is not being equipped, the, the people are equipped, but the whole body is not being equipped because they are not utilizing that equipment that they've gotten and that is how i believe satan is you know that is one of the ways satan is really getting our generation or getting believers because he will allow you to receive all the equipment but he will not allow you to use it and people are just there living their lives anyhow and go to church sunday oh they are doing all the things but then they are not serving god well they are not doing the works of service. So what's the whole point? What's the whole point? So the church is not being edified. The church is not being built up. Hallelujah. Let's continue. So the body of Christ grows when the saints serve or do ministry. I, I mentioned that the goal is to develop till we all attain oneness in the faith and in the full comprehension or in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the son of god that we really mature into manhood the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ and the completeness found in him this is amplified that is why it's being explained i wanted you us to see the amplified version in in the other version says to equip his people for works of service so that the body of christ may be built up until we all reach the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the son of god and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of christ so once we receive the equipment and we start to utilize it by works of service then the body of christ is built up then we will all reach the unity of the faith then we will all in the knowledge we will all grow in the knowledge of the son then we will mature then we will be the whole measure of the fullness of christ and it is all it all starts with we serving it all starts with we doing ministry the saints not leaving us for the fivefold ministry but we it is for us we are the ones supposed to do the ministry hallelujah yes so we'll come back to this but i just wanted us to understand this that the body of christ grows when the saints do ministry and how are we equipped as i said we are equipped by the fivefold ministry that is how come we are able to do service but someone will say that like how do i do the service i know the fivefold ministry equipped me but you know who am i or what position do i have and what equipment do i need to actually do the service hallelujah and god bless you says it says here in ephesians 2 verse 10 i just want us to know who we are and the authority we stand in and 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 that authority that helps us to do service or to do ministry Ephesians 2 verse 10 For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So scripture is saying in Ephesians 
or Paul is telling the Ephesians that we are God's handiwork. Like God literally created us. And he has created us what? In Christ Jesus. So this is not talking about the first um, us being born. But it's talking about us being born again. Now when we we had a we had a, an old way of life but when we came into Christ Jesus we have been born again with God God has crafted us again but this time in Christ Jesus and he has crafted us how and why and what for to do good works so you are being born again to work <laughs> you are being born again to serve you are not being born again to go to church on Sunday and, you know, attend some meetings and pay your tithes. No, you are being born again to work. To work. That's how come Jesus gave the great commission that, to, that the whole world, the whole world will come to the knowledge of the Son. It will spread from Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. You were reborn to work. All of us have a work. All of us have a service. All of us have ministry. So God recreated us, every believer. He made us anew to work, to do good works. And that's how God sees our service or our ministry in him, good works. So when you work in God, you are doing good works. When you do ministry, you are doing good works. Why? Because you are doing that which he has crafted you for. That is good works. What you are doing is being or is coming from the bosom of God. So God has prepared us, he has created us and prepared us to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for us. So once you are born again and God tells you do this and that or do this service or that, he's not now telling you based on who you are now, but he's telling you based on what he has already prepared for you to do, just as you were not in him, so you missed it. But now you are in him. So you can walk in that manner. You can do that service that he has ordained for you. So he has prepared a service for each and every one of us in advance. In scripture, he said in Jeremiah that I knew you in your mother's womb and I prepared you to be a prophet. I ordained you as a prophet to the nation. Jeremiah wasn't even born and God had ordained him to be a prophet to the nations hallelujah isn't that beautiful so god has already prepared what you do and in that he he crafted your nature he crafted your character he crafted everything to suit that purpose and when you were born anew he he recreated you so that you'll be able to do that work good works hallelujah so who are we as believers Right now, we know that we were crafted by God. But once we were recrafted by God, once we were reborn again in Christ Jesus, now who are we? It's like we we, we, we had an old nature, but now we, we are different. Said when you are in Christ, the old is gone and you are a new creature. What is that new creature? That will allow us to do that good works that the old creature didn't allow us to do. It says here in 1 Peter 2 verse 9 to 10, but you are a chosen people number one you are a royal priesthood you are a holy nation you are god's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light 
Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So I added the verse 10 so that you know the old way of life. So with the old way of life, you were not a people. You were on your own. But now you are people. Why? Because you are in Christ Jesus. In, in your old way of life, you, you didn't receive mercy. Everything that you did came with punishment. But now you are in Christ Jesus and you have received mercy. You have received eternal salvation. God has washed you and you cleansed your sins. You have received mercy. He has given you back authority. Now you are a chosen people. God has specifically chosen you. You are a royal priesthood. He has made you royalty because he has made you linked to him and he's a king. So anyone who is linked to a king is royalty. So he has made you royalty. He has made you holy, not by your works, but by him, by his spirit. You are holy. You are special. He has put special abilities in you that no one has and only you have. You are a special possession. So I don't understand the people that when God tells them to do something, they say, they'll tell God, God, use someone else. He has put it in you. That thing that he needs you to do, you are the one that he has placed it within. You are the only one of your kind <laughs> that he has equipped you with that thing to do that specific job. Yeah, people might be doing something similar, but there is something in you that is different from them. There are lots of people that are doing the same thing, but they are different. Their nature, their location, they are different. Their character-wise, they are, you know, even your thumb is different from someone's thumb. God has created, recreated you specially. You are a special possession. It says here that the least of us will be like in David. So as a believer or we believers, the least of us will be like in David. I know I myself, I recite this, this thing a lot, that the least of us will be like in David. But how, how well do we understand this? It says in Zechariah chapter 12 verse 8, On that day, the Lord will shield those who live in Jerusalem so that the feeblest, that is the least among them, will be like David. And the house of David will be like God, like the angel of the Lord going before them. Hallelujah. So the least of us will be like King David. So what did King David have or what did he possess? That God said that the least of us will be like King David. And this, this, this sends us to our next point. He has made us a king and a priest. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 to 6. It says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory, power, forever and ever. Hallelujah. God has made us a king and a priest. Jesus is the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings. So Jesus is the ruler of us. He is the king of kings. He, he is our ruler. We That means we are kings. A king, if, if you say someone is a king of kings, that means the person is in charge of other kings. And we are the kings. We who are chosen, we are the kings. So he has made us kings. 
and priest. He has made us a kingdom. Once we are a kingdom, a kingdom, we are kings. Every kingdom has a king. And God, Christ is, is the head of our kingdom. Christ is the king of kings. So we who are in his kingdom are all kings. Hallelujah. So you are a king and you are a priest. In in the olden days, the priestly, the priests were, were the most holiest people. Like it's said in scripture that touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. You can't touch the Lord's anointed and the priests were anointed. They had oil on their head. You have oil on your head. You are anointed. You're not only a king, a ruler. You're not only a ruler who executes judgment or justice, but also or who has dominion. You are also a priest. You are holy. You have oil. You are anointed. You are set aside for God. And he says that we, we remain a king and a priest to serve God. To serve God. That is, that, is, that is why we were made kings and priests. Not for, you know, for people to look at us and say, oh, you are kings and priests. No, not for fun. Not just to be like we are something. But because you have been made that to serve God. To serve God well. So he had to anoint you. He had to make you a king. He had to make you a priest. So I'm telling you right now, Daniel, you are a king. You are a priest. Agnes, you were a king, you were a priest. You were a king, you were a priest. You you are not ordinary. You have oil. No one can touch you. You are holy. You 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 have you know you in, in the olden days the priests were the ones who got close to God, who could talk to God. You you have communion with the king of kings. You have God, like you can literally go to God easily. You don't have to be tied up by a rope and go once or twice in a year. That is who you are. I want you to understand this and walk in it. Most of the times, you know, we forget who we are. And we allow so many things to happen. And we get scared and, and the worries of life. You are a king. You are a priest. You have dominion. You have power. And that is for you to serve God. Hallelujah. He said that you have made them to be a kingdom too, and priests to serve God, and they will reign on earth. David was a king and a priest. <laughs> David was a king and a priest. There, there were times where he wore the priestly effort. He wore the priestly robe, and he acted as a priest. He went before God. There were times where he wore the priestly robe, and he danced his heart out, praising God. And blessing people. You are a priest. You were a king. So the least of us will be like King David. And imagine the power that King David had. Imagine the authority. Imagine the closure he had with God. He was literally writing the Psalms. He was literally seeing things in heaven that, that he didn't even I'm sure I'm sure he didn't even know of. Conversations in heaven. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. And so I put your enemies under your feet. He didn't even know about Jesus, but he was prophesying about Jesus. You are a priest. You are a king. You have dominion. You are holy. You have authority. You have closure with the Father. Don't let anyone tell you nothing less. Don't, let, don't sell yourself short. You are a king and a priest. 
and you, you you've been made a king and a priest to serve god god said it said and they will reign and that is how you reign on earth you don't you don't walk you don't survive you don't just live you reign you you don't you, you know it's like you strive that is who you are i am a king i am a priest hallelujah it said in exodus chapter 19 verse 5 to 6 now if you obey me fully and keep my commandment then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession although the whole earth is mine you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation these are the words you are to speak to the israelites and this was god's blessing to the israelites they were set apart they were the only nation that was set apart that god even communicated with and god said that if they obeyed the law those times it was the lord who obeyed the law then you'll be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation for me but as there's <laughs> to us christ has fulfilled the law so instantly like we so that means we have literally fulfilled the law because christ is in us he has fulfilled the law so we are priests and we are holy hallelujah it said in isaiah 61 verse 5 to 6 strangers will shepherd your flocks foreigners will work your fields and vineyards and you'll be called priests of the lord and you'll be named ministers of god you will feed on the wealth of nations and in their riches you will boast so i wanted to go deeper into understanding my kinship rule and my role as a as a priest and in Isaiah, it said that you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. And the ministers is service. So you will be named people that serve God. And how would you serve God? It said you will feed on the wealth of nations. Wow. So God is saying that me as a priest, me as a minister, as I serve him, I, I, I will feed on the wealth of nations. <laughs> It's not like you will have something to go by or you have, you know, it's it's that you will feed on the wealth of nations. In those days, kings were the ones that fed on the wealth of nations. When Solomon had wisdom, he had wealth and his wealth was that he was, you know, counseling other kings and he was able to feed on the wealth of nations. King Nebuchadnezzar, he was made, you know, great and big. Why? Because he feasted on the wealth of nations god is telling you today that you will feast on the wealth of nations you will feast on the wealth of nations hallelujah said and in their riches you will boast nebuchadnezzar was boasting because he had feasted on the wealth of nations and he was boasting that he had their riches even the things in the temple of god the 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 gold and you know the accessories that were there he was boasting that he has it it was in his temple hallelujah you will feast on the wealth of nations receive it you will feast on the wealth of nations and in their riches you will boast in the mighty name of jesus it said in first peter chapter 2 verse 4 to 5 as you come to him the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by god and precious to him sorry and precious to him you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god through christ jesus 
So in First Peter chapter two verse four to five, it was saying that Christ is a Christ is the living stone, and he was rejected by humans, but he was chosen by God, and was he he was precious to God, and said you the same way that he was rejected and chosen by God the same way you are also a living stones and you are also being built up into a spiritual house that is the whole body of Christ we are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood and the, that holy priesthood that God has given us what um why is it is for us to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus hallelujah so you are a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. How do you offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God? In the olden days, they offered animals, bulls, and stuff. And without blemish, those were sacrifices which was accepted. When Cain and Abel were offering sacrifices, Abel offered a sacrifice where, you know, he he used a lamp. And that sacrifice was acceptable to God. Scripture said it was a fragrant offering. So what, what what spiritual sacrifices do you have to offer that is acceptable to God? And that is when you serve. That is your service. That is your ministry. That is how you offer spiritual sacrifices. It's not about you trying to pay your tithes or trying to give or trying to go to church. No! It's about you serving God. It's about you serving, doing ministry, doing that which God has called you to do. That is how you offer spiritual sacrifices. The priests offer sacrifices to God. You offer yourself as a living sacrifice. And that sacrifice is acceptable. It smells nice to God. It's a fragrant offering for someone to say that, God, I give my life to you. Take charge. God, I will do all that you have told me to do. That is, that is, that, that is a fragrant offering. Someone to say that, Lord, I, I depart from this world, but I, I want to be you know be with you i want to do all that you you want me to do i i detach myself from this world and 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 i attach my thought to everything that concerns you and i attach my thought to the ministry that you have given me that is a fragrance offering hallelujah so let's go on to our next subtopic (laughs) how is the body of christ built up how is that we know that as we serve, it is, you know, the body of Christ is built up. Let me say there are certain certain points <laughs> that actually is like all our service. That's what our service is targeted to do. So we serving the Lord. There are certain points or certain standards that through it will build up the church. So you, my God might have called you to, you know, be a kingdom financier. And you are giving, you know, God will tell you, give to this person, give to that person and help this ministry, help that ministry. That service that you are doing, there is a standard, there is a target point. And that target point is what will build up the church. The first is unity in the faith. So let's say, as I said, I use that example. God has called you to be a kingdom financier. So as you are serving, as you are doing, God tells you, God will give you the money. He'll give you an abundance. He'll give you an overflow so that you can also give to others. So as you are giving to others, you are giving to the one that God has told you to give to do this, do that, do that. It is all to 
unite the people in Christ, unite people in the faith. So he said in Acts, Acts chapter 4, verse 32, all the believers were one in heart and in mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. Hallelujah. So the believers, they, they shared, they didn't consider their possessions as theirs. You know, most of the times I believe recently we are so much entitled. I have this, I have that. I have a car, I have a house. You know, I have, we are so much entitled. And in the Acts church, they didn't consider their possessions as their own, though it was for them. God had given to them. They didn't consider it as their own. They considered it as people who had gotten it from Christ. People that God has blessed. People that God has given. And because of that, they were able to share. They, be, they were able to serve. To give it out freely, happily. And that united the body. It's like when someone doesn't have, then you give to the person. And we are all, we are all believers. We are all in the faith. When the, someone doesn't have, you give. And it might not only be money-wise, but you see your, your your brother suffering and you help that person. We are all in the faith. You are sharing. You are sharing. Said so you, you can't give something that you have not gotten. You, ha- you can't give something that you have not possessed. God has given you comfort. So you give comfort to others. That is sharing. And in that, the body is united. That oh, I was in, in 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 pain. I was in distress, and the body of Christ helped me. Wow, blessed is the person whom God will use to help others, to serve. Blessed, and we are blessed because God uses us. Hallelujah. So it is to unite the body. If God has called you to to minister to maybe youth, just youth, or to minister to just one person. That person, the faith of that person, just that person having faith, you know, you know that, oh, the church did this. You know, the church is good. The church has been there. The church has helped me. It is to unite the body. Oh, Christ helped me through this person. <laughs> so as you serve, as you serve, the body of Christ is united. Hope, hope you are getting me. It says in John chapter 17, verse 22 to 23. So you can send me a thumbs up if, if, if you are getting me. John chapter 17, verse 22 to 23. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me hallelujah god bless you sis i i always say this is the this is the prayer of jesus to the believers this was before he was you know he died and this was his prayer he spoke to the apostles and he spoke to the believers and i believe this was his prayer he said that he, he was actually telling god that i have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one i in them and you in me so that they may be brought up to complete unity then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me so christ's prayer his prayer his utmost prayer for believers was that we will unite that we will be one as god and him are one said i and my father are one so we will unite we will become one 
we will become him. He said, I, I in them and you in me. So that he will be in us and we will be in him. You know, when we are separated, how can we be in him? But when we are together with one mind, one spirit, we become one. So Christ's prayer was that we will unite. And he said, in that, we will be brought to complete unity. So when Christ is in us and we are and, and, and we are in him, we will be brought in complete unity. So Christ wanted us to unite. He said, when they unite, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So we unite in as believers. When we serve, the whole body unites. It causes the body to unite. That is how come the world can also look at us. When the world sees our unity as believers, that is how come they can know that, yes, Jesus is real and that Jesus loved them and that God loves them. When they see the body of Christ uniting, it is beautiful. It is a whole revelation. Hallelujah. So I pray that we will do our part and serve as saints and serve as believers. Let's go to um, this scripture, Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. It says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united in Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love being one in spirit and of one mind hallelujah do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit so i believe this was how paul was telling us how we will unite he was giving us like the points <laughs> you know five points to unity and he was saying that we should do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit that is how we unite as the body. He said, rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. So you have to value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. So he was saying that we should look to the interests of others. We should have compassion towards others. In humility, we should value others above ourselves. We should not be prideful. So in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Have the same. So Paul was saying that for us to unite, for us to be brought into maturity, we have to have the same mindset in our relationship with one another, how we relate to one another as believers. We should have the mindset of Christ. And what is the mindset of Christ? He said, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God, something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. So Christ didn't consider equality with God, but he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. So he says we should take, uh, we should take the very nature of a servant, service, ministry, so in relating to other, we should serve each other. We should minister to each other. We should minister in service, in the word, in spirit. We should minister to each other. And that is how he, Christ, you know, worked. Christ even washed the feet of the apostles. He ministered to them. He served them. So as believers, when we serve each other, we unite. 
we unite the body of Christ. And that was the very nature of Christ. That was the mind of Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling so much fire in, in, my, in my spirit just talking about this. Thank you, Jesus, for your humility. And thank you, Jesus, for service. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus, for ministry in our lives. For the ability to serve each other, to serve one another in love. Oh, Lord, help us to serve each other in love. In the mighty name of Jesus, just as you served us, Mashon Terebosa, Mashe Terebosa, Rakim Darabasheta, in the mighty name of Jesus. And I really understand the, the, the fact that we have to serve in love. It's like when you are doing for someone and there is no love in it, or when you are doing something and there is no love, like you don't do it well, you do it anyhow because you don't care. But then when you are doing something for someone and you love the person, you go the extra mile, you you do it well, you make it beautiful. Because it is coming from a place of love. And that is was the mind of Christ. And I believe that is how we all ought to operate the ministry. Or we all ought to operate service. True love. We will go on to that. We will go on to that. But I just want us to understand this for now. Love breeds service and, and, and service that you will serve well. It all breeds from love. It says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient, even death on the cross. So Christ was obedient. So we also have to obey. So when you serve God, when you serve, when you do that which he has told you to do, you are obeying him. And that is service. When God says do this, it might not be a prophet. It might not be the, you know, the, the in quotes, fivefold ministry. The little that God has told you to do is service. It might not be a title, but the little that God has told you to do is service. Maybe God has told you that read your word, read the Bible. It's also service, and you read, you are obeying, <laughs> so you are serving. And in that, the body of Christ will be united. Can you imagine? That simple tax, like reading your Bible. That simple task like praying, that simple task that God tells you to do, breaks from the Spirit, is service. That simple task is service. That just smile to someone is service. Wow. And Christ obeyed. So just obeying God is service. And that, that's my, my word for this year. Obedience. Obedience. I pray for you that may you have the the heart to obey the heart to obey God the heart to obey in the mighty name of Jesus said when he when Jesus served therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father so when Christ served there is a reward for service he was exalted and he he seated at the right hand of God the Father of Almighty and his name said his name his name is powerful that we can even mention his name and demons will run you can mention his name and will be healed his name has been exalted wow such glory attached to service may God help us to serve in the mighty name of Jesus 
the the next point is knowledge of the son of god knowledge of the son of god i don't know if i'll be able to finish this today but then i pray that wherever god leads me i'll end then we'll continue next week knowledge of the son of god it says in philippians 3 verse 10 to 11 i want to know christ yes i want to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead so one way one way apart from the unity of faith that the body of christ is built up is when we know the son when we know jesus we know and paul was saying that i want to know christ even paul at that let's say maturity level that he was in he still he still had more to go he said i i want to know christ yes i want to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering becoming like him in the death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead i don't know about you but i want to know christ I want to know him for myself. I want the full revelation of Christ in my life. I want to know the depths, the depths of the power that resurrected him. I want to know his full revelation. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. I pray for us that may we all know Christ and may we know him well. In the mighty name of Jesus. It says in Colossians chapter 2 verse 2 to 3. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Hallelujah. So the mystery of God is Christ. He is the mystery that has been hidden in ages past. So in the Old Testament, Christ wasn't mentioned, but the Old Testament is about Christ. He was hidden. Hallelujah. Christ was hidden. He is the mystery that has been hidden. The mystery that wasn't revealed to the old prophets. The mystery that was hidden. They spoke about him, but they didn't know. They lived their lives telling the story about Christ, but they didn't know. I want to know the mystery of God. I want to know Christ. I want to know him. I I want to have the full understanding of the riches of his glory. I want to have the full riches of complete understanding in Christ. I want to know Christ more than what I've been told in church. I want to know him deeper, on a deeper level, on a revelational level. I want to know the mysteries that are in Christ. I want to know all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that has been hidden in Christ. I want to know. I want to know Christ for myself. I want to know, Matthew 11, 27, all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. Christ said, in Matthew, he said that everything I have, God has given me. My father has given me. And and no one knows me except my father. My father knows me. 
So for you to know the Father, you have to know me. And for you to know me, I have to reveal myself. Oh, Holy Spirit, reveal Christ to us. Oh, Jesus, reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I want to know the Father. It's like for you to even know the Father, God the Father, you have to know God the Son. Wow. So the, let, let's go on. Let's go on to this, this scripture. In, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 23, that the Son is the image of the invisible God. Christ is the image of the invisible God. So when you see Jesus, you see the Father the firstborn over all creation for in him all things were created i was created in god things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities all things have been created through him and for him so everything in this world was created through god so even the the house that you see that you see that oh man created it they created it from something, from a material, a raw material, from a tree, from sand. And all those things were created from Christ. Hallelujah. The skies, everything. That's what the psalmist said that, oh, when I look at the works of your hands, oh, the works of your hands, who am I that you are mindful of? He is before all things and in him all things hold together. That is Christ Jesus. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything he might have the supremacy. I don't know about it, but I want to know the mystery. I want to know all these mysteries and I want to know it in detail. I want the full revelation of who Christ is for myself i want to know him more he said for god was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him wow so the fullness of god the godhead dwells in jesus the whole godhead dwells in jesus the father the son the holy spirit is all in jesus that is why when he was baptized heaven opened and god spoke that this is my son in whom i am well pleased and the spirit of the lord descended upon christ the Spirit of the Lord had finally come to rest. I was watching something some time ago and it was talking about Noah. When Noah sent the dove to, to check whether, you know, the, the waters had cleared, the dove didn't come back. We didn't hear of the dove again until, until the baptism of Jesus, when the dove came to land on Jesus' head. So the dove had finally landed that, oh, now there's rest. So the dove, when he went, he didn't come back. There was no rest. Seal, Jesus came. Then, oh, now there is rest. Now we will have rest. We will have rest. Oh, I want to know the mystery. <laughs> I want to know the mystery of Christ. I want to know it in details. Who is this man? Who is this man that when I mention his name, I am healed? When I mention his name, angels, angels, angels hear me and, and they minister to me. Who is this man? Now, when I mention his name, demons, demon possessed, freed. Who is this man that sets me free? Who is this truth? 
that when I know him, I am set free. Hallelujah. I want to know the mystery of Christ. I want to know it into detail. As you go deeper in Christ, you realize you don't know anything. And I believe that is how Paul felt. I want to know. I don't know about you, but I'm not comfortable where I am. I want to know more. I'm not comfortable with surface Christianity. I, I want to know more. <laughs> there are deep things in the world. There are deep things in Christ. I want to know and I want to walk in them. I want to know the revelation. The revelation of Christ. That Paul knew. That the apostles knew. That the generals knew. They had they if you if you study about each general. They operated in a certain kind of anointing because they had a revelation. You can look at that scripture that they, they always mention, but it will it will be normal to you. You will understand. Because to them, they had a revelation. The scripture came out. It came alive to them. The word of God came alive to them in a revelation, in full revelation. And with that revelation, they were able to operate in that anointing. Oh, Oh, the depths of the wisdom of God. How unfathomable. How unsearchable. I want to know. La Santa Rabasheta. I feel the presence of God strongly here. I feel the presence of God strongly, strongly. I don't know about you, but He's here. He's here. I feel oil, oil in this meeting. Rabashe Telebosa. May the oil, may the oil be poured on you. May you receive the oil of the Spirit, Rabba to know God more, to know the deep things of the Word, to know the full revelation of Christ, Rabba the mystery hidden in ages past. In the mighty name of Jesus, Masandara Shantalia Mashita, Dosandara Bashita, Sarabashita, Scripture says at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Christ is Lord. Oh Lord, I want to know you. Oh Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you in full revelation. I want to know you for myself. I want to know you. I want to see you face to face. Ora mama mashita, ora mama shanta ira masanta, mahina mama shanta rabashita, ora bashita. To know you in entirety, to know who you are, to know the depths of your love for us. Shanta ira santa rabashita. Oh Lord, I want to know you for myself. I want to know you for myself. I, I have heard people talk about you, but I want to know you for myself. I want to know this mystery that was hidden in ages past. I want to walk with you. I want to know you in detail. I want to know what they knew. Oh, the depths of your love. Oh, the depths of your wisdom. Oh, the depths of your sacrifice for me. I want to know. I want to know the power in your name. That at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. 
Taari yalalenda rabazanda rinda na mahanda ashanta kimbelo hala mahaika resenta ligera rashanta hariera rashanta rasetereboza rabashita I I see people's minds being open people's minds being open meso hariera rashanta rabashita I pray for you that may you know the depths the depths of Christ I pray for you that may you know God for yourself. May you know the mystery which was hidden in ages past. In the mighty name of Jesus. It says once we were alienated from God. We were enemies in our minds because of our ill behavior. But now he has reconciled us by Christ's physical body. How can someone's physical body reconcile us to God? Just, just think about it. How? Isn't it powerful? Isn't it a sight to behold? So by Christ's death, to present me holy, somebody's death, I am holy, without blemish and free from accusation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your mystery. Thank you, Jesus. We want to know more. We want to know more. It said in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory. He is the radiance of God's glory. So when we see the sun, we see the glory of God. Like God actually walked on earth. There are, there are people that, that walked with God. They saw his glory. So the sun is the exact representation of his being. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. How can a word sustain all things? Wow. Said after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as their name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Oh, honestly, let, just, just think about it. Look, look at angels. See the power they have. See the authority they have. The, how God has designed them. They are beautiful. There, there are some people that even saw angels that, you know, bowed down because they experienced the glory of God just by seeing angels. And now he's saying the sun is superior to angels. And we are in the sun. Wow. Wow. Oh, the depth of the wisdom of God. Oh Lord, make known to us your mystery of your son. Make known to us the revelation. That by the name of Jesus said, the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him. So when 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 you are when you when you you, you are praying, you don't pray, you, you, you know, you don't have to pray in, in the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, just pray Jesus Christ. Because the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit dwells in Jesus Christ. That name alone represents the Godhead. Wow. Oh, such mystery such mystery so in that in the knowledge of the son the body of christ is built up 
in the is when when you when you look at you know people generals in the faith when you even encounter that there is something there is an aura around them you know they have known god there's an aura this this represent people that have seen christ they, they cannot be prideful they, they are so humble they they radiate god's presence because they have encountered they know god they have encountered him when you see people who are matured in the faith there is just something about them that radiates the presence of god because they have known him they have no, they are one with christ hallelujah through our service the church becomes mature we become mature when we serve we become mature first corinthians chapter 14 verse 20 brothers and sisters stop thinking like children in regard to evil be infants but in your thinking be adults so it says that paul was telling the corinthians that they were thinking like children and he said that in regard to evil they should be infants but in their thinking they should be adults i can relate it to christ saying that we are you know when he sent out the disciples he was saying that they are sheep they are sheep that have been released among wolves said so regard to evil they should be infants so they shouldn't sin they should be in, there should be a, a certain innocence around them but in their thinking they should be adults they should think like adults they should be mature in their thinking they should be mature in their thinking they should act like children but mature in their thinking mature in their thinking so when you serve you mature and personally this is a personal um testimony i have when god told me to start this ministry god's word was that start the ministry you know and the little you know teach them teach them teach my people that are bring to you teach them the little you know teach them and in that you will grow in that you will mature i can tell in my life that i was not who i was even a month ago even a day ago each day that i i i serve in this ministry i grow and that was god's personal message to me so when you serve you mature when you serve you mature and through this ministry god has matured me and is still maturing me because i i have not reached there <laughs> i've not reached, like poor i've i've not reached anywhere but then i know i wasn't who i was yesterday i know i wasn't who i was a year ago so your thinking be adult it says in first corinthians chapter 3 verse 1 to 3 brothers and sisters i could not address you as people who live by the spirit but as people who are still worldly mere infants in christ i gave you milk not solid food for you were not yet ready for it indeed you are still not ready you are still worldly for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you are you not worldly are you not acting like mere humans so Paul's word to the Corinthians was that, was that they were children because they were they had jealousy they had quarreling they were children they were worldly and he said that he he couldn't he couldn't give them he couldn't give them meat he couldn't give them food because they were worldly they were still children 
so once you are still a child once you are still an infant you can't receive some things that you can't receive the meat of the word you can't receive the meat of the word once you are still infant there are certain things that you still cannot understand you still cannot grasp because you are still a child so i always pray that i will mature i always pray that the school of the spirit will mature that is, that is why we are here the school of the spirit was mainly for our maturity for us to know god to mature to mature in christ so when we grow then we're able to take in meat not milk so when we serve that our level our little service that god tells us to, when we serve the body of christ is to be matured as we mature others are maturing because you have matured you you might do you might serve someone or tell someone something that will also mature that person so in your service the body of christ is also maturing so we when we serve we 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 we, we, we mature or we make the body of christ mature and that is how the body of christ is built up it's built it's built up by maturity and in our service the body of christ can be built up luke chapter 8 verse 14 the seed which fell among the thorns these are the ones who have heard and as they go on in their way they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity so when you are matured and you receive the word it will bear fruits if you receive let me say you receive meat it will bear fruits but when you are still a child and you receive meat there will be no fruits because the worries and the riches of life will just come in that will be the end you receive the word you receive the meat but no fruits so when you are mature you're able to take in the meat and it will bear fruits so we have to grow it said in first corinthians chapter 13 verse 9 to 11 for we know in part and prophesy in part but when completeness comes what is in part disappears when i was a child i talked like a child i thought like a child i reasoned like a child when i became a man i put the ways of childhood behind me so we have to mature once we mature the ways of childhood becomes behind us we don't reason like children no more. God can tell us things. God can reason with, with us on a mature level. In Isaiah, it says, come, let us reason together. God wants to reason with you. But if you're a child, how can God reason with you? So there are so many things that he has kept from you. Because you are not matured. Because if he gives it to you, just like the, the, the scripture about the seed, it will bear no fruit. So he can't give it to you. Because you are not matured. So once we serve, in our little service, we, 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 we are mature. The body of Christ is mature. When, when you are mature, you also mature someone. Knowing here or knowing. Because you might give the person the right advice. You might speak to the person. God will bring people your way. And you also can mature them. It says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 to 14. In fact though by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you the elementary truth of god's word all over again you need milk not solid food anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good 
from evil so when you grow you are able to distinguish good from evil maturity is 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 when you can distinguish good from evil solid food is for the mature so in a little service believers mature and as they mature they are able to take in solid food hallelujah the next point is attain the whole measure of the fullness of christ it says in ephesians 3 verse 17 to 19 so that christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and i pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge and that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of god i don't know about you but i don't want parts 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 measure of god no i want the full measure i want to know his love that that surpasses knowledge i want to be filled with the fullness of god i want god you know the entirety of god to dwell in me his fullness i don't you know that we, we sometimes we 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 have access like we have access to the, the the full measure of God, but we are not able to utilize it because we don't know, because we, it doesn't be revealed to us because we are not mature. Colossians chapter one verse nineteen: For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him. So Christ has all the fullness. So when we we take in Christ, we have all the fullness. But the problem comes when we are not able to utilize all the fullness. So you have something and you don't you, you you don't know the use. You don't have you then you don't really have it. So when you have something and you are able to utilize it in full measure, then you have all the fullness. Mercy. Mercy. Let's um let's go on to the next subtopic. It says here that the benefits of, of ministry. So when we do our little service, the whole church is being built up. We've spoken about that. So when the whole church is being built up, what how does it benefit? Like what 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 benefits do the church gain? Let me say that way by being built up. When the church is being built up, the first is our immaturity will end. I remember Dr. Michael coming to preach to us about you see thousands of believers in a church and all of them are nephews all of them are babies all of them are babies they are not growing and maybe the the pastor or something will pride himself in the fact that he's heading thousands and thousands of people but they are all babies they are all not growing and there's a lot of strife there's a lot of and there's a lot of jealousy and people leaving why because of immaturity so when the whole church is built up our immaturity will end we won't remain babies or be spiritually immature and this is a problem recently this is a problem in our day we pray that our immaturity will end says in ephesians 4 verse 14 then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming every wind of teaching or doctrine represents um, yeah this deceitful scheming and cunning so once we are immature the devil can just come and 
tell us lies. And once we believe the lies, deception. Why? Because we don't know. He knows the word more than more than more than the baby Christian. He knows the word. So he will come and just twist the word. And when he twists the word, you believe it, it becomes this deception. Then you start believing in deception and you walk in deception. You think you are coming to change. You think you are praying, but you are walking in deception. You are immature. So when we serve and the church is built up, immaturity will end. Hallelujah. It says here in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1 to 3, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, but you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now, you are not yet able, for you are still fleshy. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, you are not fleshy. Are you not walking like mermen? So Paul was talking to the Corinthians and because they were infant, they, they were men of flesh. They were immature. And immaturity, you become fleshy. Your, your spirit has not really fully taken charge. Your, your flesh is still there. Today, this, tomorrow, that. And Paul was talking to them. He was disappointed. Like, you are not grown. You are still infant. And I believe it, it saddened his heart. Hallelujah. May we all grow into the maturity of Christ. And it says in Galatians 4.3, So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental forces, elemental forces or things of the world. So while you are children, while we are immature, we are held in bondage under elemental forces, things of the world, like principles of the world that don't really matter. But they have kept us in bondage. And how does bondage come? When you believe the lie the enemy places in front of you. You believe it, it becomes deception. Then it becomes a habit. Then you are in bondage. Galatians 4 verse 1 to 2. Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his the father. So, though you are an heir to Christ, though you are an heir with Christ, when you have not grown, when you have not mature, you are still a slave. The devil will still deceive you because you don't know. He knows you don't know and he will use that against you. He will deceive you. You don't know. Hallelujah. We move on to the next point. It says we will no longer be easily shaken. And that is small children who are easy prey to predators. Ephesians 4 verse 14. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. So once we mature, we will not be children anymore, tossed by every wave or blown here and there. And this is about doctrine. You know, as when you're a baby, when you don't know, what if you hear this man of God here, you go. If you hear that man of God there, you go. Because you don't know. All you know is that you, you, you are hungry for God, but then you don't know. And you are being tossed to and fro. You are not mature, so the enemy can deceive you. He can even bring false prophets, false teachers your way. And you are tossed by every wind of doctrine. Anything that comes, you receive it because you don't know. And the enemy will deceive you. And that's how many of the body of Christ has been deceived because we are immature or we have not grown. So we are being deceived. You see someone that says that, oh, I've been in Christ for 50 years. Who are you? When did you come? 
but you realize that they, oh, they are just talking out of pride. They don't know. They are still immature. I had someone in my workplace. I think I was talking to the person about God. And the fact that, oh, I had encounters with God. And, and it, the person just told me that, who are you? Do you think you know God more than me? <laughs> and I, 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 that wasn't my approach. That was really what I, I was just trying to share my experience. And I realized that God just told me that, nah. And he, that this person was way older than me. But from how he was thinking, how he was talking, I could just say that, oh, he's, he might be older than me, but he was a baby. He was immature. So I just left it as such. I just, I just left it. Because that's what Christ tells us to do. That's we, we, we who are. He said that if, if anyone, anyone that, um, I've forgotten the scripture, but he said that if anyone that doesn't, um, you know, either believe what you believe or in anyone that doesn't understand what you understand, you know, you don't make the person feel bad, but you just leave it. You don't fight, you know, you have to live peacefully peaceably with all men so the next point is speaking the truth in love Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 is that speaking the truth in love we will grow to become in every aspect every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ so once we mature we speak the truth in love God wants us to grow up to know the truth and to tell it in love if you see a mature believer preaching about Christ or speaking about Christ you can tell by the way they talk they, they they talk in love they talk as people as, as though Christ is talking to you they tell the truth Christ is the truth and they preach the truth in love John chapter 14 verse 6 it says I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except to, through me John 8 32 then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free so Jesus is the truth and we knowing the truth sets us free so how are we able to tell it determines our maturity that is what we are we are talking about now that you declare the truth but you declare it in love it says here in first john chapter 3 verse 16 to 19 this is how we know what love is jesus christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them how can the love of god be in that person dear children let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth this is how we know that we are we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence hallelujah so Speaking the truth in love is not only about you talking, but it's about you, you, your actions. Jesus Christ is the truth. And how was he able to show us that he is the truth? It's when he laid down his life for us. He showed us he's the truth, true love by dying for us. That is, that is the greatest love ever. That a friend will lay down his life for another. And that is how he showed us that he was the truth. That is how come he was revealed by speaking the truth in love in his actions. So as mature believers, if the body attains maturity, the result is us speaking the truth in love, acting in love. Like we don't only like not preaching Christ with our words, but preaching Christ with our life. That, that is all. And our life is, is from love, 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 doing everything in love, serving in love, like loving your neighbor 
like love, love. Acting in the of acting of the truth in love. Amen. I want us to continue. We have only two two points left, then we are done. The next point is mature body of Christ. So, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. So, another result is that we will attain maturity. The next, the first one, the other one was speaking the truth in love, but we attain maturity. So, once we attain maturity, as I said earlier, we are able to distinguish good from evil. So, when we serve, the church of Christ is being built up. And it's being built up to maturity. And the result is us being mature. And when we are matured, we are in Christ and Christ is in us. The prayer Christ prayed in John. That we, we are in him and he's in us. That is maturity. That is maturity. We become a mature body of Christ. The next and the last point is the church is built up in love. The church is built up in love. And this is not, you know, really part of the benefit this is actually you know everything like the service that we are doing the maturity the church being built up and everything like it is supposed to be done in love it is supposed to be done in love like the end result should be love (laughs) and the beginning is love the middle is love like everything is love when i decided to know god for myself the first attributes that God told me that it should be the basis for my foundation is love. <laughs> I wrote it down in my book. It's love. Love. So I have to love someone that has hurt me. I have to love someone that has, you know, committed a sin against me. I have to love someone that is a believer or not a believer. And in that manner, the church is built up because God loves all. He might not like what they do, but he loves them. It says in Ephesians 4 verse 16, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. Wow. So when we do our work, when we do our service, when we do our ministry, the whole body is joined and held together. And, and, and it said, and builds itself up in love. So it's all about us doing our service. When we do our service, then the whole body will come together in love. Wow. First Peter chapter 1 verse 22. Since you have in obedience to the truth, purify your souls for a sincere love of the brethren. Fervently love one another from the heart. Since you have in obedience to the truth, purify your souls for a sincere love of the brethren. Fervently love one another. So God... Um, um, admonishes us to love each other. Amen. So I end with this scripture. Ephesians 5 verse 25 to 27. I've placed it in the comment section. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless so this scripture though is talking about married couples it is much deeper than that it is about christ and the church and it's saying that husbands love your wife just as christ loved the church so 
Christ loved the church so much that he gave himself up for her to make her holy. So how did Christ show his love for the church? By service, true service. Christ saved us and that is how he showed his love to the church. That is how come he washed the feet of the apostles and said that if I don't do it, you can't take part in me. I have to serve you. That is how I show my love. So you can also show my love giving you to others. And said God, Christ saved. He loved the church by serving. And how did Christ serve the church? He said he gave himself up for the church to make her holy. So Christ loved us and through that he saved, making us holy. Through that he saved, cleansing us by the washing with water through the word. He washed us with the word, the truth of the word. When we heard the truth, we were set free. That is how he saved. And he presented us to himself as a radiant church. So Christ died so that he would make us radiant. He would make us beautiful without stain or blemish or wrinkle. Hallelujah. And he made us holy and blameless because he said, because he died, because he obeyed. Hallelujah. I want us to pray. We are praying for the grace to serve, the grace to do ministry, the grace to serve. Oh, the grace to do ministry. Thank you for your service, O Lord. Thank you for your service. Makinda madanda badinda madanda. Grace to serve you and serve you well. I want us to pray this last prayer. How can we serve God when we don't know what He's telling what He's, he's telling us to do? How can we serve God when we don't even know what our ministry is or what to do? How can we obey when we don't know? How can we obey when we don't know? Jesus knew He had to die. So in that, he, he, he obeyed because he knew. We are praying for grace to hear the voice of God concerning our, our service, concerning our ministry. Grace to hear his voice in the mighty name of Jesus. Grace to know that which he has called us to do. Oh, we won't walk to and fro. No, like nothing. We won't live our lives on our own, but we will live our lives with the knowledge of the service that God has, has ordained for us before the beginning of time. In the mighty name of Jesus. If I were you, I would pray with the entirety of my being. Lord, I want to know. I want to know what you have ordained me for. I don't I want to know, oh Lord, their purpose for my life. In the mighty name of Jesus. I won't live my life anyhow. I won't live my life anyhow. I will live my life according to that which you have purpose for me. In the mighty name of Jesus. Mahadamba 
lo santa rabashita lo siterebosa rabamashiterebosa rabashiterebosa rabashita rabashiterebosa rabashita i see some people and i see that as if the spirit the spirit is is, is immersing you i i see that this is, i don't i don't know how to really explain but i see that you are in communion with the spirit or the spirit is speaking the spirit is possessing you yeah that's the way the spirit is possessing you rabashi I feel in my spirit that I see some people as you are knowing God is pouring his oil oil on you for you to be able to do that service oh you will walk with god oh you will walk with god you will possess the fullness of god you will know you will know you will know the truth and it will set you free i feel the presence of god all over this place oh we will know that which we have been called for oh we will know our ministry if if it is to preach to one person or if it's to give to one person or if it is to do something if it's to learn this course or that course if it's to study or if it's to stay in waiting for god oh we will do it scripture says that there were women that followed jesus and they gave to jesus's ministry they were literally the kingdom financiers of all time and these were women that were given to jesus's ministry and when jesus died oh these same women went with spices spices oh to 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 for the for the body of jesus in that service they got to be the first people to see jesus after he had resurrected in that service you you know more in that service you mature and the entire body matures with you hallelujah 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 paul's service was to preach to the gentiles Paul's service was to preach to the gentiles Barnabas's service was to to be with paul through his ministry timothy's service was to study under paul oh we will grow oh we will mature to be to become the full the full nature of the body of christ in the mighty name of jesus in the mighty name 